Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is sports time, as we will be talking. Actually, we might talk a little bit of non-sports stuff, but mostly sports talk, because we're going to talk definitely uh, the fallout from round two of the National uh, Hockey League, Stanley Cup playoffs, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we'll chat about uh, what's to come in round three, despite the fact that we have seen a game one already. And as we are recording this, there is a game two currently playing. And uh, the Rangers are up 2-1. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. And joining me today is Craig Needles. How the heck are you, Craig? I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to these two series that are, I, I would suspect are going to be very, very, very different series. But oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to them. Absolutely, based on what we've seen in, in, uh, in uh, the games so far. Uh, this is episode 400, Craig. Uh, so I'm really? pleased. Yeah. Cool. Ep- episode 400. So I am pleased to pleased as punch that, uh, my Colorado avalanche got over the, the hump there. Uh, the, the alleged media driven hump. That was the second round of the Stanley cup playoffs that they just couldn't quite get past over the last four years. And we, we discussed how kind of nonsense that narrative was last time we were around. But uh, I got to tell you, I uh, I went to a dark place there after that Game 5 loss. I went to a very, very dark place uh, after that. that was... I'll tell you, this guy that works with me that's uh, an Avalanche fan, and I said on the mm. radio, uh, the morning after Game 5, I was talking about it, and, and I said, uh, look, for a variety of reasons, anyone who's, who's burying the Blues, I think, is doing so foolishly. I think that's a bad, mm. that's a bad decision. There's a guy who was, he wasn't on the air with me, but he said to me after, "No, I'm confident they're going to win. One, they're they're going to win the next one. They're going to win Game Six, blah blah blah." Which, fuck, like, I just I didn't understand. Like, if if you think it's more likely than not they're going to win the series, that's fine. But I don't understand the process of being confident that oh yeah they're going to win Game Six. Like, I, no. I just I didn't I didn't they did win Game Six, but the idea oh yeah of course they're going to win like. Ugh. Like I, so that, I, sorry, I just just so I fully understand this, this friend of yours who is an Avalanche fan went into Game Six with confidence. Yeah, which wow. I would have had. A, I I wish I shared that. I wish I shared that level because like I, I now that said, and he they, said after the because he's like, oh, see, I told you they're going to. I'm like, look, I never said they were going to lose. I just yeah. said that anyone who had buried St. Louis was, was doing so foolishly, and I said this on the radio, but whatever, it's fine. No, yeah, I I no, like the way they lost Game Five. Because we'd never seen anything. I mean, we've seen teams blow big leads in the playoffs before. That's happened. What I've never seen happen before, or at least I don't think has ever happened before, is a team blows a three-one lead, or sorry, a three-nothing lead. Three-nothing. Um, yeah, three-nothing lead, and now all of the doubt is seeping in. You could feel it in Ball Arena, and. Oh my God! They were so close to bucking the trend, or bucking the again this media narrative around that, and and they've just blown it, and now it's all going to seep back in. And then Nathan McKinnon, their superstar, puts on his Superman cape and scores a goal. And the fact Bowen Byram got an assist on that goal makes me think, hey guys, we should probably rethink this whole assists uh, stance that we have. Um, just puts on his Superman cape and says. Uh, Fuck it, I'll do it myself, and then did, and scored what should have been a Mount Rushmore all-time playoff goal. That's up there with the likes of you know Mario Lemieux going five on one against the the uh, North Stars, and uh, I believe that Yager 
did, did that one goal Yager scored against the Blackhawks? That was in the playoffs too, wasn't it? That was in the Cup final, was it not? No. Where, where he, oh, yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yes, it was. the old the old line where you go. Uh, what was it? Uh, Harry Neal said, "There's only two people he didn't deke, and one of them's an usher, or something like that, yeah. or, or something like that." I'm pretty sure that was that's up there. No, that that, it, right. that yeah, that goal should have been on the pantheon of the likes of those types of goals. And then they blew it again, and then lost in overtime. And I'm like, that's never happened before. That's never happened before. Where at least I can't think of any instance where their superstar said, "Fuck it, I'll do it myself, and I'll put away this." nonsense and then they still went ahead and, and lost the game anyway and i i thought that there was absolutely no way they would go into st louis and get a third straight road victory in that st louis building um and they were gonna head back to avalanche to colorado for game seven and game seven was just gonna be like i i was you know they were just gonna be so, like, the, all the pressure in the world on them. St. Louis, Lucy Goosey. St. Louis have been scoring first in pretty much every game in that series, and if they scored first in that game seven, everybody would have been like, oh, fuck, here we go, right? And it would have all spiraled, and then I was going to listen to a summer of, like, you know, all oh, the abs can't get out of the second round. This time, worst one of the all, right? You know, that sort of thing. And then I guess thank God for Darren Helm with six seconds left. And, uh you know, that goal might go down in avalanche lore if they pull this off. But, uh, yeah, who knows? I, I definitely – I went to the darkest possible place, though. I, I had no confidence that they were going to win that game. It was an six. ugly loss. It was an yeah. ugly loss. You just, after McKinnon scores that goal that way, you've got to finish that game. They didn't do yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was – yeah. Not, but they survived the game six. They got a goal late. And now they're on to a series against uh, Connor McDavid and friends, which has started with uh, with some level of entry. <laughs> yeah, this was so eight six goaltenders just unable to make saves. Uh, Koskinen made a couple on some. Uh, I think he was getting a little too much credit for saves. He's like he stopped two breakaways. I'm like, eh, I mean, they were really great breakaways. Still big stops though. Um, but man, I just I don't know what to say. I mean. <sighs> That, 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 that was a weird one. I'm a little bit worried because obviously this is exactly how Colorado or exactly how Calgary started against uh, Edmonton before they lost four straight. Now, Calgary is significant or Colorado is significantly better than Calgary. Significantly better than Calgary. I'll repeat that. Yes. So hopefully that's not the thing. But, you know, you got to be a little bit worried about the goaltending. Because I'll be honest, at the end of the day, all I saw in that game one, Craig, were two teams who have no shot against the Tampa Bay Lightning if they get the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals. I would tend to agree that if that's the way, if if you're going to try to play that way against Tampa Bay, you're going to have a bad time. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Rangers now up 3-2. All of a sudden, this uh, game one of that uh, Rangers-Lightning series looking a heck of a lot like uh, game one of that Avalanche-Oilers series. Yeah, I... Uh, (laughs) I I like Tampa Bay no matter how this goes tonight. I think they'll win the series. Uh, I think that the Rangers thing is that they've had an edge and goal against everybody they've played. Uh, In some cases, well, both cases of the playoffs so far, they've played backup goalies. That's helpful. Uh, And now they're playing Andre Vasilevsky, so we'll see how that turns out. But, uh, yeah, I like... uh, I like... The Lightning to win that series, and I think the Lightning are—they have to be considered the favorites to win the Stanley Cup at this point in our lives. I think it's still the Avalanche, but I don't know if that's changed given this Darcy Kemper stuff. That will. Uh, that will... I'm not saying the favorite based on the numbers because the numbers, yeah. uh, like, look, and, and no one loves the numbers more than I. Mm-hmm. But I think the numbers are going to have a hard time capturing some of the the Tampa Bay lore, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Well, like, if it get, well, we'll see. Right now, right now, Colorado's favored. Uh, still yeah. favored in Vegas. If they're up against the Lightning, that will probably change and will change significantly game to game. But you mentioned some numbers. Let me give you some numbers for game two between Avs uh, Oilers, Craig. Opened up, Avs minus 175. Bet down to Avs minus 160. Bet up to Avs minus 190. And has now been bet down to Avs minus 180. So the Sharps have some opinions. (laughs) There's obviously conflicting Sharp groups in what they think is going to happen in game two. So I don't know if they, uh, um, maybe they've got their inside guys who are, who are finding out, Hey, that, you know, there's no shot campers playing in game two and it's going to be Francis and whatnot, but who knows, but there has been some movement in the line in that game, but an absolutely unprecedented number on the total, Craig, seven and a half. A National Hockey League playoff Ooh. game is opening up at seven and a half. I have never seen that before in my life, and I don't blame them because my God, you got to bet the under. And then I thought about it for a second, like, wait a minute, do you? Yeah, because like, is either goaltender going to make a save in that series? Right, like, because it, it, it might it might be Francouz out there, and then it's probably going to be Mike Smith as well. Like, I don't I don't think they're going to give Koskinen the crease unless. Um, they chase uh, Smith again in game two, but I mean that's that's getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, I just a seven and a half. I never thought I would see the day. I never thought I would see the day. Hockey games in general just live in that five, five and a half, six, and then the occasional six and a half range. I never thought in our lifetime we would see a seven and a half in in a mm-hmm. hockey game, let alone a. Uh, Western Conference Finals game. Uh, But here we are. Um, Before we get into our fictional predictions, let's talk about some of the teams that were bounced in the uh, second round there. The Florida Panthers, Craig. Um, When we talked about it in round one, we came on after game one of that had been played. And uh, I believe you'd pick Tampa in five. And you were... It turns out... Turns out I gave Florida too much credit. Yeah, apparently. Um, now, you were right on that one. And I, I believe I picked Florida in seven, and I expressed my concerns that I said I, after that game one, I knew right then and there that I was going to be horribly wrong on that series and wished I could have joined you in that Tampa five. But I'm a man of my war. You know, I didn't want to change after having seen one game because I didn't think that was very honorable. So I, I went with my preseason prediction or my pre-series prediction of Florida in seven. I just... Again, my thought was that I thought the Leafs took a lot out of Tampa and then Florida was going to be there, but I just should have stuck with my my thought going into the play into the playoffs that Florida was completely fraudulent and they are and they I think will be a tremendous team for us to fade next year as far as the win totals and whatnot. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think that you're absolutely right about that. I think that they got a lot of three on three help uh, this season. And three-on-three, as we know, is not necessarily indicative of the quality of your team, more so indicative of flipping coins, no matter how good your team is. Uh, and they, 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 like, you know, spent a lot out of the chamber here. Not only are they out of draft picks for a while, but if you look at their cap-friendly page, you think to yourself, wait a minute, what, what what's this team going to do to improve in the offseason or even stay 
as good as they were. And I am not sure what the answer to that is. You know, like what? Because all of a sudden the buyout on Yandel becomes more expensive. They still have the buyout on Darling. So there's what's that? Uh, almost six. That's a little over six million in dead money coming in for this coming season. So that hurts. And you look at the the pay hike. The pay hike is coming for Carter Verhage. The pay hike is coming for Alexander Barkov. And all of a sudden, they've got about seventy eight million dollars in cap space spent, and they need to sign probably at least four forwards. And they need to sign at least three defensemen. That's not enough money to do those things. So some some, some guys are going to be going. And you look at guys like Mason Marchment, who had a really nice season for them. He like unless they do some major surgery in the roster, he's not coming back. Like he's gone. He's going to get paid somewhere. Um, and like I don't know what exactly the move is or what exactly the plan is, but. They're going to have to do some major, major decisions this offseason. The team is just simply not going to be as good going into next year. So we'll see what they wind up with. But And they also have no draft pick to trade for anybody. So there's that. They're out of first-round pick this year or the year. Uh, they don't have a first-round pick until 2025. They have one pick in the first two rounds between now and 2025. That's, that's troublesome. And they gave up a lot of those picks, including an unprotected first in 2024, or 2023 rather, for Ben Sherratt. Who I, I, said I, I was just going to ask you, would you like to do a victory lap on Ben Sherratt? <laughs> but I'm going to, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. I said this is a trade for Florida, and Florida, and, and uh, Ben Sherratt's bad. And there was a relatively prominent Montreal writer in my mention saying that I don't watch hockey. Would you care to guess what <laughs> Ben Sherratt's all situations expected goals is? Which I know people don't love all situation expected goals, but just give me give me a second. What would you care to guess that was for the series, if you were to guess? Oh God, is can you be negative in in the in the expect in these numbers? <laughs> All you could do is get down to zero. But he was sitting at a cool twenty six point five eight. Oh, <laughs> that is so. So bad. the scoring chances were on the Lightning side seventy. Let's say seventy three and a half percent of the time that Ben Sherratt was on the ice. That is not very good. And again, he was getting, I know he was getting usage that wasn't super easy, but like he was getting, he was their worst defenseman on the penalty kill too. Like, you know, that, and when you look at um, XGA against, uh, XGA uh, per 60, he was their worst defenseman on the penalty kill too. They gave up, they gave up a unprotected first for this player. Like if something goes bad for Florida next year, which, hey, that's not out of the realm of possibility. They've got a goalie that has blowouts from time to time. Then all of a sudden, that team is in a bad way. And they could be giving Montreal a very high draft pick. Not a good move. Not a good move. No. They could have got defensemen they could have got defensemen better than Sherratt for a fourth round pick on trade deadline day, and they went and did that instead. Yeah. I, I just don't Man, it was it was strange. I never got the Sherrod hype because even in the even during the Habs run last year, there was enough analytic evidence to suggest that he was not a giant part of this Habs run, right? But I don't know. There there were a couple of plays. There were a couple of plays of him. I guess the eye test was there was a couple of plays of him 
doing like diving stops for uh, of guys on breakaway. But if you watch the three seconds before the diving stop, it would be like, oh, he caused the breakaway by giving the puck yeah. away <laughs> rather stupidly, right? And it was just like, but it, it like all anybody saw was you know Ben Schrott sliding on his gut, uh, slapping the puck away from a guy who was a foot ahead of him. Uh, and going like, oh, what a, what a playoff gamer, Ben oh. Sherratt. <laughs> Some of the people around you like, oh, you're just saying that because, you know, Sherratt beat the Leafs last year. I actually would have loved to see Sherratt play more in that series because the Leafs would have won. <laughs> yeah, so, that's like, true. <laughs> like, let's, let's, you know, we could have had that a little more often and fine. Uh, but, yeah, it just, it was a, it was a bad move, and they're going to be out. And, and look, I understand why they went all in this year. Because the Rays hadn't come for Barkov yet. Because they still had Marchman on the cheap contract. Because they um, hadn't had to pay Verhege yet, still had him on the cheap contract. I understand the logic of, hey, we've got a bunch of guys on cheap deals, or we're not going to be, we're never going to have more cap flexibility than this. Let's let's push the chips into the center. Like, I, I very much understand that. But they didn't push the chips into the center the right way, in my estimation. Yeah, that's the thing. They like it was smart of them to go for it. They just acquired the wrong players. That's it, right? Like, yeah, as, I don't as, know. Yeah. Like, I don't know who they should have traded that. If they're going to trade that unprotected first, I don't know who they should have traded it for. Like, I just uh, don't would, think they should have. They they got Giroux, or, and then they just should have added one of the other better defensemen that was available, right? And and yeah. but they they locked there in were, on Ben Sherratt for some reason. Yeah, yeah, there were a few guys that could have gone and got, and they didn't bother. So there you go. Okay, yeah, so Florida was a team we're looking to fade. Um, next up, the team that is uh, actually having trouble getting out of the second round, Craig, but uh, nobody seems to want to talk about it, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I don't know. Zero road victories out of six. 0-6 on the road. They were, what, seven, they, uh, seven straight home wins before falling to the Rangers pretty badly in that game seven. Uh, it, it's, I mean, they're pretty much going to be back next year, I would imagine. But what do you make of, of the whole, look they at, couldn't look win on the road. Was it a coaching thing or what do you think? I, I, I have, honestly have no idea. Or it's just a fluke. But if you just look a, at, just that one year anomaly, probably yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Fluke. But they, like, no, to me, like, yeah. But, but now that said, it wasn't just, uh, okay, they got goalied once on the road and had some bad bounce to go their way. The, the, the numbers would tell you they were kind of run out of the building in most mm. of the games away from Raleigh. Uh, here's the situation for Carolina. Trocek and Niederreiter are both free agents. Yes. Um, D'Angelo's a free agent as well. He's restricted. Who knows how that goes? I I don't know. Like there, If, if Trocek and Niederreiter both go, which... Maybe. They've got a lot of cap space, but who knows what they'll actually spend to the cap. Uh, that all of a sudden becomes kind of complicated for them as far as what their situation is. Plus, they don't have a first-round pick. It belongs to Arizona, so they don't really have that flexibility trade of the upcoming draft. How did they get Arizona's pick? Do you remember off the top of your head? Oh, no. They they uh, they offer sheeted Kotkinemi, and then that tri- right. pick was traded to Montreal right. for uh, – trail trade of that pick to Arizona for Dvorak. Dvorak, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Which that is just like the transaction of broken dreams. Somehow everybody lost that, except for Arizona. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's uh, yeah, that's nice to see Arizona put one in the win column every once in a while. Um, 
I think I think the Hurricanes will be all right. Like I think they'll be kind of back in the same spot that they're in in next year, but it'll just be. I, like, I, I, big player for them. Trocheck's mm-hmm. a big player for them, and hey, look, maybe he comes back. They've got the cap space to sign him, but they're they're funny with contracts sometimes. But yeah, if that's Trocheck, true. They like to if, squeeze if guys. Trocheck, like, yeah, exactly. If Trocheck's playing for somebody else. All of a sudden, you're looking at that and thinking to yourself, Ooh, is this like, you know, if, if, like, we'll see. We'll see what they do. But Trocek is a big player for them that, that, that plays a lot of tough minutes for them. And, and look, they, they, they probably think they've got some guys they can, that are coming up. They probably think they've got some guys they can, they can sign a free agency for less money than Trocek makes. And fine. Okay. But if Trocek's not around, and like, are you real? The season they just got from Frederick Anderson before he got hurt, are you getting that again next year? I'm not saying you aren't, but is that what you is that what you think is going to happen? Like, I mean, possibly. I Frederick Anderson's last three seasons have all been the same: great goaltending, and then he gets hurt right before the playoffs start, and then isn't yeah. as That's good. Now, right? now the 20, 2021 season for Toronto when Campbell took his job, less good. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the point stands that you know the, the guy is the guy is injury prone. But is he is he going to give you a nine twenty two next year? I would say that's unlikely. Yeah, so uh, I, I just I, I we'll see what the over under is in Carolina heading in next year, but uh, that was that's one that that may say the under to me, depending on what else they do this offseason. We'll see. But St. Louis Blues, who were eliminated by the Colorado Avalanche, um, I think it might have gotten a little weirder because they got caved in. Let's let's face it, if you really look at the number, is they got caved in by the Avalanche at five on five. Pretty much that, say for one yeah. period, that entire the, series, basically right? The third, the third period of game five was yeah. uh, St. Louis carried the play there. Other than that, yeah, Colorado was mostly running the show. Yeah, um, and if Colorado had of just clean, it had to just showed up for that third period and won. Let's say uh, St. Louis gets one, and then the Abs had the empty net, and the Abs win that four-one instead of what happened. Yep. And the Abs win that series in five, and St. Louis doesn't look that great the entire time. I think they would have been more prone to maybe doing something a little bit sillier this off season, but I think that. The gumption that they showed in that game five and were a whisker away from an overtime in game five, if not for the heroics of Darren Helm. Uh, I think they're I think they're less likely to do anything drastic this offseason. And it also seems like they have inexplicably mended the bridge with Tarasenko. And it doesn't seem like Tarasenko uh, is going to be out of the interesting thing this offseason is not so much who comes back, but who do we know is going to be there for 2023 and beyond? Because after this coming season, O'Reilly and Tarasenko are both unrestricted. Yes. And Cairo and Thomas are both restricted after this coming season with Arbrights. So who gets the long-term contract extension this offseason? I don't know if it's going to be everybody, but who gets it this offseason? They have some contracts that I look at and I'm like, well, I don't know if I want this. I don't know if I want the fault contract going forward for another five years or six and a half. That's something that I would be concerned about. But uh, they don't have to do anything big. They can just bring back this exact group without uh, without having to sweat it very much is is the situation. They've got they've got 18 guys signed. They've got $9 million to sign uh, the guys who are unsigned. And the guys who are unsigned are Bozak, Perron, Scott Prunovich, and Nick Letty. Now, the big one, of course, is Huso. 
I don't see any way Huso's back. Unless he takes a like a sweetheart deal. Someone is going to be willing to pay Huso starter money. And I'm not sure St. Louis is going to want to pay Huso starter money plus Bennington six mil, which that contract is inescapable at this point. Like who is any is anyone signing up to give Jordan Bennington thirty million dollars over the next five years? No. I don't think so. No. No, no shit. Uh, speaking of Jordan Bennington, what did you make of him invoking God when uh, he threw the water bottle, claiming that God gave me this opportunity to throw a water bottle at Nazem Kadri? Seems bad. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, well, the dude is a fake tough guy. The yeah. guy... Uh, I've is never a, been I, so certain that I could win a, win in a fight against a professional athlete well, in my and life. He's, and he's, like, he's a hothead and affects his play. If yeah. I'm a Blues fan... I'm like pretty ticked off about the fact, oh, wait a minute. We have to give this guy this amount of money for this amount of time. And by the way, he's got a full no trade the next two years and a modified no trade the rest of that contract. So basically, he has almost complete control over whether you move him for the next five years. And hey, look, maybe... It gets to a point where he wants to go. I don't know. We'll see what happens next year. But Huso was better than him in the regular season. There's no way around that. Oh, Bennington was better than him in the playoffs, to be clear. Huso was better in the regular season. <laughs> he is Cam Ward if Cam Ward was a scumbag, basically, if if you ask me. Because like Cam, Cam Ward got, got hot for one playoffs in 06. And won the cup with the Hurricanes, and he dined out on that and mediocre to bad play for the rest of his career. And... Remember, though, uh, Bennington was very good bef- uh, in the nineteen twenty season before COVID happened. That's fair. Yeah, he, 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 he was. But then pretty good. he comes back to COVID, goes into the bubble. He is awful there. Absolutely <laughs> awful. And he has not been good either the last two regular seasons. Well, he was okay in 2021, but... Um, the playoffs in 21, not good. Playoffs in 22, pretty good. But then he got hurt. Mm. But he was fine. Uh, I, but, like, would you want to be signed up for five years uh, and $30 million of this player? No, you would not. Absolutely not. Uh, now, the game, the series we were most wrong on, I think, save for my Tampa Bay in seven prediction, or sorry, uh, Florida in seven prediction, Calgary Flames versus the Edmonton Oilers. We both had Calgary in five. Um, game one was much like game one abs Oilers, just a nonsense hockey game of, of epic proportions. 9-6 was the final. And then the Flames proceed to lose four straight, most of the games in which they scored multiple goals and had multi-goal leads and and cough stuff up and there's a little bit of controversy with the Blake Coleman goal which I thought should have been a goal but it should have been here's the thing and and this is like what I would say to a Flames fan is this yes the Blake Coleman goal that should have been a goal a I would have zero confidence in your team stopping the McDavid group six on five and yeah and there was like six minutes left in the game that's the that's the that's the part the flames fans leave out is there was still six minutes left and you had shown no ability to stop the the oilers six on five and who knows whether connor or somebody scores a goal so there's that also uh this wasn't a closely played series that calgary got a bad break in the end on the oilers took it to them yeah absolutely took it to them in the series that's just what happened 
That's what happened. And Vesna so, candidate Markstrom just uh, absolutely melted down terrible. in that series. He was he was terrible. It was it was I. I it's funny because he was fantastic against Dallas. Like people are talking about Ottinger, but the reality yeah. is if the goal that you're if you're the, the goal that you're up against if that guy puts up a 950 and your team still wins, that means that you had a fantastic series. So Markstrom was fantastic against Dallas. Uh, not nearly good enough against uh, against the Oilers, though, and that's why they lost in five games. Yeah, it, I, I the game was... he won, the game that Markstrom won, he gave up six. That's yeah. he won one game. That game he gave up six. That's all you need to know about Markstrom's performance in that series. Yeah, it was it was mind boggling. I couldn't believe it because like Calgary had the size, they chose not to use it. It was they were running around trying to out speed the Oilers it, it didn't make a lick of sense to me Johnny Goudreau had what I would consider to be another subpar playoff performance but he scored a game seven overtime winner to add them to advance them in the series so that will likely be the the highlight that they point to but well that, who knows whether that, Johnny Goudreau's, who knows whether Johnny Goudreau's gonna be playing for the Calgary Flames which brings us to the next point of the Flames got a couple of decisions to make in this offseason. Uh, Do they ever? With that man, Johnny Gaudreau. No, no team has more choices this summer. Yes, uh, especially of the teams that were eliminated in the second round. This is this is yeah, the one that's got mean, some big decisions of, to make. Of the 32 teams, I don't think anyone has more important choices. The restricted yeah, free agents, right. uh, the restricted free agents are Mangiapane and Kachuk. Obviously, Gaudreau's unrestricted. Mm-hmm. You look down the defense. Shellington is restricted, which he's had a, he had a nice season. And could Branson and Stone and Zadarov, who are not players that I love, but they're players that I think this front office values, even if they perhaps shouldn't value them. And who knows what piece of the pie they're going to take up if those guys come back to Calgary. So I don't know what they're going to do, but like, like is Gaudreau getting – Eight years, ten million from Calgary if he stays, or seven years, ten million a year from someone else if he goes. Like that seven by ten contract, that will be available to him. You would think, right? Yeah. From yeah. some other non-Calgary Flames team, you would think, right? Yeah, I keep picturing Johnny Gaudreau as a Dallas Star for some reason. Like I can just picture him in those uh, that's, green, that's not green and white I, jerseys. I think can picture him in the colors fine, but uh, like. It, you do a quick expiration of that cap sheet, and I just don't yeah. see how it happens. Yeah. Because look, look, because remember, they're tied up with Sagan and Ben until those guys are thirty-five. Yeah. Oh yeah, those nine, are bad deals. And nine point five, can they add another deal at that end of the market, knowing full well that Jason Robinson Robertson's a restricted free agent? I have to do something with him this off season. Yeah. Rupe Hints has one year left, and then he's a free agent with Arbrights. And they got to take care of Ottinger, too, it would look like at this point. So. Yeah, now Ottinger's a little more interesting as far as what, like, you know, who, who knows what the 23-year-old goalie gets. But he had a great season. No no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to turn out. But it's uh, it's an interesting situation for them. Uh, as for Gaudreau, and I, I have no sourcing of this, but depending on what this franchise wants to do, and which direction they want to take things in. The Seattle Kraken prioritized cap space, cap space, cap space, cap space over basically everything when they were putting together their roster, right? They didn't want they didn't want a lot of guys term, they didn't want a lot of guys with big numbers. 
Seattle Kraken are sitting with $22 million in cap space, and they've got not quite a full roster sign, but they don't have a lot of money they have to spend to bring their roster back. If they want to just add someone who's going to be a big scorer, wouldn't that be a guy? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I like that. I could, I, and then yeah, they I get their... But they, I would suspect they want to be competitive next year. Yeah, and Seattle needs a captain and a guy they can put on the posters next year, right? So, right. and good could absolutely be that guy. Yeah, so that's that's a great idea. Um, well, let me just ask you this straight the other up. Do you think? Sorry, go ahead. The other one's the Devils. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Tonic the Devils. Case. They've taken care of, of most of the guys they have to take care of long-term here. If they have to clear out some cap space by getting rid of a winger, like the Tatar deal and the uh, Andreas Janssen deal, like those could probably get moved pretty easily. Maybe that's the guy. And you play uh, you play Gaudreau and Hughes together, and you hope that they have some massive results. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. I don't mind that. I, I don't mind that at all. I, I, prefer the, I prefer the Seattle thing, I think, where I'd, I'd rather see Seattle get a guy that they can, they can put on post. Because I just, like, I look at Calgary's situation. I don't think he's going back there. I don't think he is either. Because I was just going to ask you, Craig Needles, do you think Johnny Gaudreau is a member of the Calgary Flames when the puck drops on the 2022-2023 season? And I am going to say no from where I'm sitting right now. Calgary's got $26 million in cap space, which is good. But they've got six forwards signed, and the unsigned are the guys I mentioned, Kachuk, Mangiapane, and Gaudreau, among the significant players. They've got four defensemen signed. Now, they can fill those other two spots relatively cheaply, but still, they've got four defensemen signed. I, I just don't know if you can do the $10 million for Gaudreau and give Kachuk the long-term deal. Because what Kachuk and Mangiapane both have going for them is they can accept their qualifying offers this year and be unrestricted next summer. So that's a pretty big leverage piece in a negotiation. I don't think you'll be able to grind those down and do those deals cheap. I don't think so. Yeah, they they might be the team, like the Flames might be the team, and you, you mentioned it, that they might be the, out of all 32 teams, the one who have the most decisions to make. They are the prime candidate for will look completely different next year um, compared yeah. to what we I saw. See the, which is, I can see them yeah. trading guys off the roster as well, trading guys off the roster so they could bring the guys that we're talking about back. So that means, are you able to trade, like, flip the Toffoli deal after you got it from Montreal for a first this past season? Can you trade it and get some of that value back? Lindholm's not going anywhere. Coleman, you probably can't trade. Can you give somebody something to take the 5.25 of Lucic next year off your hands? Yeah, that would be... I would probably start with the $5.25 million earning fourth liner if I'm looking to create some money. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good spot. Call up Arizona and be like, hey, you want to meet that floor? We got something for you, and we'll kick in a third. Let me look, right? at, the like, actual cash. Let me look at the actual cash owed on Lucic's deal. If it's a back-diving deal, oh, my God, it is. No, no. Half, Calgary. Cal- but, well, let me read you the deals. This is all per cap friendly. Uh, after the turn of the calendar to the new league year, so whenever Lucic gets his signing bonus, it's $3 million. He is then owed a million bucks in actual cash the rest of the contract. A million bucks. Now, oh. Lucic can submit eight T. Oh, uh, wait. Um, he can submit ten teams that he can be traded to hmm. in July on July first, twenty twenty two. 
I would be very, very, very surprised if the Arizona Coyotes are amongst those 10 teams. I didn't know he had a no-trade, a modified no-trade either. Why would you do that? No, you got to get tough, I guess, Craig. You got to get tough. The Flames didn't sign that deal. The Oilers did. The Flames took it to get rid of the James Neal disaster, which, by the way, like Peter Shirelli, to be clear, deserves a lot of heat for this, and the the previous Flames administration deserves a lot of heat for the James Neal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, if we go to the old buyout calculator. Oh, wait, you can't even do that. Because he's got the $3 million signing bonus. So if you buy if you buy him out, you still owe him 4.6 this coming season. Never mind. Whoa. That's not helpful. What a disaster. Unless oh. you'd have to get him in on this. And I'm just spitballing here. You have to get him in on this. But would you allow... If, if, if you say to Lucic, look, you're going to get a buyout no matter what. We're going to trade you to Arizona, and they're going to be the ones who buy you out. Because the actual buyout costs peanuts once the signing bonus is paid out. Does If Lucic is like, well, I'm getting bought out no matter what, so who cares? Like, maybe that's something he's willing to do. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. Heck of an offseason ready for Calgary. And kind of funny oh, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, considering Daryl Sutter was taking all these weird pot shots at the Avalanche like unprovoked pot shots at the avalanche the entire during press conferences. Cause he was obviously well, trying to. Well, I don't know if it was a pot shot to say whoever plays him the first round, is going to be a waste of uh it's going to be a waste of 10 or eight days. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That one wasn't, but it was just, it was weird. Cause he was obviously trying to do this coaching thing where he was like reminding his boys that, Hey, we're going to meet Colorado in the Western conference finals. You got to be ready for him. And then, you know, one team showed up and the other didn't. Right. Cause that was that was the consensus Western Conference Finals for the last two months of the season, right? Oh. It was Calgary and uh, Colorado, and uh, one of those teams didn't yep. show up. So yep. uh, and yeah. look, when, when Calgary survived the round one of the other team's goalie puts up a nine fifty two, and you win anyway. When they survived that, I'm like, oh okay, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna get to the conference. Apparently not so. Yeah, like that was a, yeah, that was another thing that was weird. Was that the, a lot of weird thing? I, I mean, just a. The, the, the concept of momentum in sports just absolutely taking a... Which I don't... Personally, I absolutely don't believe in momentum as a concept in sports. But any thought of it just absolutely taking a nosedive in these playoffs, right? Like just I believe in it, but I don't believe in it to the extent... Like, I believe that, oh, okay, you know, things are going well for us and I'm feeling good and I'm going to play well. I believe in that. But I believe that bounces mean more than momentum. That makes sense. Yeah, and and like that, like there's no such thing. Like, I should clarify. I don't believe that there's this myth. Well, because like announcers and the TNT broadcast was doing it last night during the Avalanche Oilers game. Um, was just that momentum is this grand force that chooses one team in a single moment will decide to then choose the other team. I believe in. We're changing. I, I believe more in we're making adjustments and we're skating a little bit harder and now things are going our way. I don't believe that there's this myth, mythical force known as momentum that chooses people. And that game five in Colorado lets you know that that game yep. five against St. Louis lets you know the the Avalanche had all the quote unquote momentum in the world and the Blues were well, so distraught. Louis. St. Louis has all the momentum in the world. McKinnon blows by their entire roster and yeah. then all of a sudden St. Louis just comes right back you know what i mean yeah. so even though st louis had all the quote-unquote momentum mckinnon just skated around the entire team put the puck in the net yeah you know? and then the blues were so distraught 
that the Avalanche now had the momentum that they tied the game and won it in overtime, right? Like, it, and and like, and I do, I do think this, I do think this played a factor in it though. Um, the throwing of the hats on the ice in that game, because uh, that was McKinnon's hat trick goal, delayed the game enough that the that the Blues were able to collect themselves and get back to their game. I think if the puck had been dropped immediately and they didn't have a five minute break where they were picking up the hats and stuff, I think the abs might've held on to, to that four, three victory. Cause the blues might've been a little bit more shell shocked, but because there was the five minute break of them cleaning up the hats, uh, I think that played a little bit of a factor. What, whatever it did. I, who knows? Um, Western conference finals, Craig, Colorado avalanche versus the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, what did you say uh, pre? What did you say pre game one? And and have have you changed your mind at all uh, based on I the have of game abs, one? Abs in five, and I still have that, abs in five. Interesting. I too have abs in five, although I'm a little bit dubious. I'm thinking if I if I could switch, like I said in the Florida one, I might go. I still think it'll be Colorado, but I might go six or seven instead of five, because I don't know what's up with Fransu's, or sorry, with Kemper right now. And he was claiming that he couldn't see. And Jay Fresh, I don't know if you saw this, Jay Fresh on Twitter, who I love, um, posted this uh, thing of, here are the goal, the, the, the saves above expected, or goals saved above expected for the four teams remaining. And the three teams... Uh, the two Eastern Conference teams and the Edmonton Oilers, ever so slightly with the Edmonton Oilers. Those three teams are going up, and the Avs are plummeting down pretty thusly. But there's a significant drop in the Avs saved after uh, in in the Avs goaltenders saved above expected, and that occurs uh, during Game Three of the Nashville series. And I think to myself, oh, what happened in that? Oh, yeah, Ryan Johansson stabbed Kemper in the eye, <laughs> right? Yep. And and here we are, and now uh, Kemper is complaining about, like, swelling around the eye and stuff like that, and he said he couldn't see the puck yesterday. And none of the play – look, Darcy Kemper's had some bad moments, but he, he's been a former Vesna uh, nominee and stuff like that. He has never looked as bad as he did in that blue series where he was just absolutely swimming at certain points. The biggest save in the series, and, and the, the thing that nobody talks about that I should have mentioned earlier, was, oh, uh, yeah, Josh Manson made the biggest save. Like, it, like Darren Helm is has been given a lot of the, uh, the hero talk for the goal with four seconds left. Josh Manson's the forgotten man in that for making the biggest save of the entire series when Kemper was, I'd never even seen if, a goalie that far out of his net before in my life, right? Like, if. If Colorado wins seven more games this season and Drew Hellison winds up winning multiple Norris trophies, no one will care because of that save. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and he scored the game one overtime winner too, right? So it's true. Yeah, I do not think – now he had a hor- horrible game one. Now was this horrible game one because he was shackled to Jack Johnson? I don't know. I think it might be time for if, – if he can go, it might be time for Bednar to dust off Ryan Murray uh, instead of Jack Johnson because this is not Jack Johnson's series. I think series. that – I think that would be an improvement. Yeah, it was just because it's a situation where you're like, oh, like you're just kind of if, if I'm running the Avs defense, I'm like, all I'm thinking yeah. about is we got to make sure he's not out there against, you know, that guy. And yeah. it, like that would just like mess up your rotations. And like, look, you don't want Ryan Murray out there against McDavid either, to be clear. But I'm more comfortable no. with Ryan Murray than, than Jack Johnson. Yeah. Either. And like Jack Johnson had to come in in the Blues series when Gerard went. Obviously, they need like preferable if Sam Gerard could 
could play this series. That would be the, the best that, thing. But yeah. I, I'm, unfortunately, the Avalanche are the, the fact that they can they're de- uh, deep enough that Sam Gerrard's out, and they're like, well, we're going to Jack Johnson, who's had a a pretty good year, despite you know the aver the 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 odd Jack Johnson moments. But like, I I think and Bednar well, he's always has, been. I, I will say this about Jack Johnson because he has kind of been the guy at the forefront of the analytics wars that, you know, the old school yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, this is good. And the analytics people are like, oh, no, he's not. Underrated is the right word. But he, he's an NHL he's an NHL level defenseman. And yeah. I think that sometimes on Twitter he doesn't get credit for being that because he was kind of the face of the analytics wars for a long time. Yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree. Uh, I, I, I just – it's – it, it, it's a yeah he, he this is not the series for him he's too slow he's too slow so I think they like now I'm not in the practices um Murray skated and he was with he was with the lines before game one and they went with Jack Johnson anyway so I like obviously I'm not in the trenches uh with the uh uh with the the avalanche so maybe Bednar seen Murray and Murray is still not healthy and doesn't have it so he he just doesn't have the any other choice but to go to Jack Johnson but if he's even remotely good to go, you've got to, I think you got to play Ryan Murray. And and Bednar was doing the thing where he was healthy scratching one of Newhook and Burakovsky all series against the Blues because uh, they needed a bit more size. And uh, lo and behold, game one, both those guys were in the lineup and both those guys played, I think, their best games of the playoffs because this is the series to play both Burakovsky and, uh, and, and, and Newhook. And I- Entirely from the perspective of this, what if one of the games winds up being seven six? Wouldn't you yeah. want those guys found? Oh wait <laughs> yeah, a minute! Absolutely, one of the games has wound up being seven six. You know <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So so Bednar. Yeah, I just I think if Ryan Murray's ready to go, you gotta you gotta dust off Ryan Murray uh, and and play him over Jack Johnson. Um. Other than that, I just the, the goaltending is uh, is obviously a problem for the Avalanche right now. I don't I don't know what what's up. Um, now, as we squeak, Craig, uh, the New York Rangers are up five to two wow. in uh, at the beginning of the third. Now there's still like twenty minutes. There's pretty there's pretty much an entire third period to go, so stuff can't happen. But one would think with Shesterkin in net uh, that the New York Rangers are probably going to go up one nothing against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which means that in order for my prediction to come true, I think Tampa's going to have to win four straight because I got Tampa in five. What say you? I said the same thing. Okay, so we're both in agreement for short conference finals. Um, obviously, that'll be tough because it looks like the Rangers are going to go up one nothing. I'm just seeing a lot of uh, bad transitions and stuff from the... Uh... Well, I would say this, that um, Tampa had some... Um... I, I, I'm of the belief that it's fair to say maybe they were a little bit rusty because they had spent some t- so much time away. Yeah, and they got the old rust versus rest. The fact yeah. that, right, right, the fact that they didn't play multiple seven games, they only played one seven game series in the first round and the first two rounds, as opposed to two like the Rangers did. Um, that is later in the series is when that pays dividends for them. Yeah, yeah, I, we'll I, would, I would think so. I would think so. And I mean, they got five against Vasilevsky Tampa. right now, right? Tampa Bay is just better. Yeah, they are. I, but, I mean, I thought Calgary was just better than Edmonton, too, and here we are. But, oh, I would, I would, but, but do you Tampa's Jason Voorhees, right? Do you, do you think Vasilevsky's going to do what Markstrom did? No, I don't. And, and, do you think, and 
dangerous to do what McDavid did. Also, probably not. And also, you think, just staring at the names, uh, that uh, Tampa Bay has home ice in this series, but they absolutely do not. Game one is in, and two will be in Madison Square Garden. So if Tampa just comes out and gets a nice little W, by the way, they haven't lost back-to-back playoff games uh, since pre-COVID. So if they get out of New York with the split, they're going to be quite happy with where they're, they're at in the series, right? I think so. Yeah. So I, I'm still sticking with uh, Tampa Bay winning the series, although uh, my five is a dubious prospect now with uh, with the Rangers having uh, up 5-1, although uh, it looks like, again, as we squeak this, Shesterkin's trying to shake off a concussion, so we'll keep an eye on that going well, that forward. Well, changes things. Yeah, that would change things up a little bit. Um It'd be a little bit of a series. It'd be a little bit awkward to see uh, or change pace of the New York Rangers having their goalie get run into, as opposed to uh, you know some other things that have happened for the. Uh... Oh wow, he just collapses. Ooh. Boy. We'll keep an eye on that. Um. Yeah, so that's it for hockey talk. Before we get out of here, Craig, let's bring back an oldie but a goodie. Haven't talked about it in a long time. On the crossover podcast, because of the events that took place on Canada Day 2018, uh, or as I like to refer to it, the day that uh, the NBA died when LeBron James signed with the Lakers. But here we are, uh, almost four uh, years later. Same, the same Lakers that just gave the uh, eighth pick in the draft to New Orleans. Those Lakers. Yeah, those those Lakers. Uh, I mean, they still got their bubble title, uh, but. Craig Niels, the Boston Celtics are in the NBA Finals, and they're playing the Golden State Warriors. But I must ask you, Craig, after having watched most of that, uh, having having watched most of that uh, Miami Heat series, when they build the Kyle Lowry statue out front of Scotiabank Arena, uh, will they put him in his natural pose uh, with his uh, back on the ground and extremities facing upwards to the sky with looking at the referee begging for a call? Uh, the, 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 seriously, the thought has always been you should that when they build the statue, it should be him taking a charge, like in position. <laughs> That's not a just... joke. Like, people actually want to see this happen. Because I will say this, and look, I, I, I don't – like I've watched as much Kyle Lowry as, as anyone uh, and I understand. But like I, I don't think that there are like, – if there's a player who is better than him at taking a charge, I don't know who that player is. The debate is him and Jason Kidd, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's probably it. Because Jason, Jason Kidd uh, back in the day prevented that thing that I was like, he is going to kill somebody with this someday where he would like – stop on a dime, right? But, like, like a guy would be on a clear break, and he would get under him, stop on a dime, and then it would be an offensive foul. Yeah, which they literally had to change that rule because you can't do that anymore because Jason Kidd was going to kill somebody doing that someday, right? Like, it it was, Uh, yeah. Like, and, yeah, uh, he's as good as anyone when it comes to taking a charge. So, yeah, seriously, Raptors fans have said several times, oh, yeah, well, the statue should be him taking a charge. So yeah. that is that will probably happen. That's <laughs> yeah, somewhat appropriate, but like I, I, at a certain point, I was just like, I was watching this, and around the time he got the thirty-seventh, uh, he grifted about his thirty-seventh foul of the series. I was just like, enough, more than enough, actually, <laughs> right? Like this is, uh, I mean, there's draw charges, and then there's this, 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 this poison that he leaves on the court, right? <laughs> I, 
I am recording this podcast, and I, right behind me, can see a 2019 NBA Champions hat yeah. right behind me. That those grifting fouls were a significant contributor towards. <laughs> it's true. I can only imagine. Um, a lot of consternation and, quite frankly, easy takes uh, were made of that Jimmy Butler three-point attempt. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, as a guy who did not watch basketball for three years and then dipped back into a little bit of the Milwaukee and Miami series, uh, I peed a little <laughs> when he rose up for that three. Yeah. Uh, I was, I thought for sure it was that the right was going decision. In. Were they yeah, going to get I, a better shot? Were they going to get a better shot on that possession? Well, obviously the prevailing theory, the prevailing, and again, the easy thought, and I, I'm, I'm not talking so much uh, Jeff Van Gundy, because Van Gundy is a coach, and he said it right away, um, not like three hours later on Twitter or whatever, or with the hindsight. He immediately was like, I don't like that shot. He should have taken it to the hoop. So I, I'm, I'm not so, I'm not, I'm not, as I'm not speaking to Van Gundy as much as I am just the Twitter people who, and, and the, the, and the Monday morning quarterbacking that went on the next day on, on all the talk shows about how he should have taken it to the hoop. And I'm just like, no, he was going for the kill shot, which he absolutely should have done. And everybody was talking about it. Like he was going to go in there and he was guaranteed to get a two pointer with Al Horford still patrolling the paint who, you know, Al Horford's a pretty damn good defender still, even though Jimmy Butler is great, but also no referee is calling an and one or a foul in that, spot if he drives to the hoop there right like so that's not guarantee so when he pulled up for the three i, just, I definitely I just, was petrified in like, that moment yeah and and the people are like oh no he should have gone to the he should have gone to the hoop like are we sure that shot of the hoop was going to be better than that three-pointer that he had with who was it that was guarding was it was a horford it was no horford horford, kind of, horford horford backed up to patrol the paint and that, yeah, that was such a exactly. clean look right yeah like, yeah that's exactly it so Horford is thinking he's going to drive to the hoop. So if you're Jimmy yeah. Butler, you're like, okay, Horford's going to the basket. I can win the game with this shot. I'm going to go for it. And yeah. I, so I've got no problem with that. No, I will say I... this about this against Golden State. And look, the Celtics, great defensive team, but the offense kind of gets bogged down sometimes, and it shouldn't just based on the guys who are on the roster sometimes, but it does. Yeah. Um, I They scraped by Milwaukee without their second best offensive player. Mm-hmm. They scraped by Miami without the sixth man of the year for most of the series. Lowry missed time. Butler missed time. Like you're just kind of looking at it like, okay, this is kind of like a tape together version of the Miami heat. And this series went down to the last shot. You know what I mean? So you just think mm-hmm. to yourself, is this offense going to be good enough against a team that look, I don't care how good your defense is. Uh, they've got some shooters, you know, like yeah. they have got some shooters. They're against Clay the dynasty Thompson. here. Right? Yeah. Like, they're yeah. like, well, well, here's, here's the stat. This is the sixth consecutive NBA season that Clay Thompson has participated in that he has played in the NBA finals. Interesting. The two years they didn't get there. Clay Thompson didn't even set foot on the floor. Oh, sixth. right. Yeah. Cause of the knee injuries. Yeah. Sixth season in a row that Clay Thompson is playing in the NBA Finals among seasons Clay Thompson has actually participated. Hmm. This is this that, that that's you know Michael Jordan never did that. You know I'm not saying Clay Thompson's Michael Jordan. I'm just saying that playing in the NBA yeah. Finals for six consecutive NBA seasons that you participate in, 
that's a hell of a thing. And for this group with Draymond and Steph and Clay to get back there, I, I will tell you this. Who do you think the biggest Warriors fan is outside of uh, – or the biggest Celtics fan is outside of the city of Boston for this series? Because I know exactly who I think it is. Uh, Kevin Durant. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And uh, Your titles when you went like, oh, wait a minute. These guys won titles before I got there, and they won titles after I left. Yeah. And, and, vi- and vice versa of that, who do you think the biggest Golden State Warrior fan is? Hmm. Outside, of the, outside of the Bay Area. Kyrie oh, Irving. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> right? Like, so both of those guys are... Point. Those guys probably aren't going to watch games together, eh? No, absolutely not. They're, they're diametrically opposed uh, in, in, that, in this series. Um, okay. I... It, Here's, here's why I want to see what happened. Like, like, like I was cheering for Miami heavily against the, when they were playing the Celtics just because I, I will cheer for Kyle Lowry against anyone. Um, Fair enough. And I get it. The Boston and it's the potato faces too, right? Like people yeah, don't like yeah. Do I want fans, Boston sports right? fans happy with things? No. But here's the thing. Like, yeah. even if, 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 if Lowry, like if Lowry is playing anyone other than the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm cheering for Miami. It didn't matter who it was. Now yeah. the Boston thing takes over and I, I want to see the Warriors win. I, but here's the biggest reason I want to see the Warriors win. What will be on Draymond Green's Twitter account if they win the title? <laughs> yeah, against. Uh, I just, I just, like, I just want to know. Well, he's already I taken. Just, yeah, yeah. Well, he had that one what interview he, today that I heard he, where he was. Yeah. What is he gonna tweet at Kevin Durant if they win the title? I just, I, I need to know. I need to know what he's gonna do. Fair. I, I just, oh, man, it'd be, like I know it, it, that would be great, but seeing Al Horford get a. Get yes, and that that I agree with. Do, that right? would be, and that's the that's the weird thing that's the that's, second member of the uh, 05 and 06 Gators to win a title. Corey Brewer won one with Dallas in the twenty eleven. Yeah, and no, and Joe Keem got to a final. So uh, you know, like uh, no, wait, no, they didn't get to that. No, 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 that, they got to got to the East final. He never got to the NBA finals. Yeah, that's right. Never got to the NBA final. Um, I I just and that's the weird thing about this Celtics team is if like. <laughs> I think cousin cousin Sal had this great line. I think when he was talking to Simmons, where he said, "I wish that this Celtics team could win, but their fans couldn't know about it somehow, because this is a pretty likable squad of of Celtics <laughs> that's, that's, players." Is that cousin Sal said that? Because I yeah I that I, yeah cut yeah. Sign me up for that. Yeah, cousin Sal said that because he said like he he was like I wish this Celtics team could win a title, but their fans would somehow never know about it because it's a pretty likable squad of Celtics players, right? With you know yeah, the occasion I, of that's, that's I love that. Yeah. I, I I sign me up for that line because that's exactly how I would feel about this Celtics team. Yeah, because like Jason Tatum, great guy, great story. Jalen Brown, great guy, great story. They were told for years, hey, these two guys can't play together, right? And then they 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 get there, they get over the hump, you know. They they vanquish Miami, who'd beat them twice in the conference finals and stuff like that. And um, and then there's uh, uh, Al Horford, obviously journeyman, all round great fucking guy who who the team who you know people love and and, uh, and he got uh, kind of got he got run Philadelphia and then yeah. the Celtics are giving up half picks to get him so they can get out of the Kemba Walker mess like no it's a good story I, I'm not saying it yeah is, but and again, like MK yeah, that's 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 the problem. If it was any other, if it was any other city, people would find it. Like I just, I exact same group of guys playing for the Knicks. I'm all in, but that was yeah. not the option. 
The I just I don't uh I haven't heard a lot of takes about the Celtics think... winning, right? Like I haven't heard I haven't heard a ton I, like, of takes about the Celtics. The Celtics could, their defense is good. Here's here's what I will say though. Mm-hmm. Is the offense is bad. Or I shouldn't say bad, but like for it's a team bad. that's in it's the just, NBA. It, it, it gets for, for, it, it for gets a, clogged. Relative, they do the you get clogged. But relative yeah. to a team that's in the NBA finals, you would expect them to have a more efficient offense. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, they do the clog, what Bill Simmons used to call the old clog toilet back in the day with Paul Pierce, right? Where it was like Paul Pierce standing there and then, you know, dribbling the ball and nobody else on the court moving, um, you know, and then that sort of and stuff. Against, against Draymond Green, against yeah. Draymond Green, he's going to go up against one of, the, one of their big wings and probably do a really good job because while the Celtics defense is better than the Warriors, Green is clearly the best defensive player in the series. Um, he's the best defensive player in the NBA. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, I just, I just think that the Warriors are the team, and I just trust them to figure something out on offense more than I trust the Celtics. And you know what? The Warriors are probably deeper too. Yeah. So again, I haven't. I I can't make a comment on the current Golden State Warriors. I have not watched a nanosecond of Warriors basketball since 2018. But obviously I was watching it back when they were shooting the lights out. And I imagine they're still at least, uh, you know, 80 to 90% of what they were uh, three, four years ago when they were building this dynasty that is, is still in, um, you know what? Favored they, in they're favored. Vet- they're not as good at peak. They're not as good at the peak of their powers. Cause obviously Kevin Durant's not around, yeah, but yeah, this is a, it's impossible. Right? This yeah. is a deeper team and the lack of depth got exposed in the 2019 finals big time they were playing guys that had no business being out there in an nba finals game and the raptors took advantage yeah with the yeah with the injuries and stuff so yeah i mean so Golden state knows? warriors have played 12 and about to be 13 of the nba's teams in a playoff series over the last uh since the uh 2014-2015 season they have played 12 of the nba's 29 other teams they're it's about to be 13 when they play the boston celtics but one of those teams have the Golden State Warriors not beaten. But one. The Toronto Raptors. Yeah, because they beat Cleveland once, right? Even and they, they, they got yeah. Cleveland three out of four times. They got Cleveland three out of the four times. Yeah. And that was with the... And the, yep, and the Toronto Raptors series, a couple guys had to come up. A couple significant guys had to have some, some now, injuries. People in that say one, that, right? oh, yeah, well, they, they won. Like, well, the Durant thing obviously mattered. But, like, I, I felt the Raptors were in a pretty good space in game six when, when Thompson got hurt. Like, I, I felt mm-hmm. that, though, they were a pretty good spot in that game, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, either way, uh, the Raptors did win that series. And look, and, and look, the Celtics were in the finals because they were playing, A, a team that was missing a big guy, and B, a team that was banged up. And they just didn't have to apologize for that. They, they don't get to choose who they play. They, they, they play who they no, get. I'm, I'm... And even, even, their, even their first-round opponent, they were up against a team that was missing a $30 million player who was all NBA last year. You know, Now the guy hasn't played basketball in a long time, but they were up against a team that was missing that. Um, yeah. but they don't have to apologize for that either. The only reason I think that is relevant in the analysis for this series is, hey, wait, the Warriors kind of ran roughshod over the entire Western Conference here, and you guys had to scrape out a couple of series against teams that were not really at full strength. And look, maybe full strength Miami the Celtics still get, but is there anyone out there who thinks that with full strength that, that would have like, you know, regular contributions from Chris Middleton, the Bucks wouldn't have won that series? Like, Giannis almost won that series by himself. Like, he, he was close fucking- to 
he is a fucking he monster. Is, I've never been afraid of a guy in a playoff series like I was. Of he's Giannis. the best basketball player on the planet, and I, I don't understand how there's much discussion about whether that's the truth or not. Yeah, I don't get it either. And I posited to you, or you did to me, I don't remember which, but as as I was dipping back my basketball toe back into the water, um, and I was watching a bit of that series, one of us, I think it, it might have been you to me, but anyway, the, the, the point is, we had legit discussion. Is Giannis going to be a? Can he be the greatest? One of the greatest three players of all time. Of I all think time. that's his, is that he like winds it, up yeah. like everyone is in agreement as to who one and two are, and I know there's some dispute, yeah. but like I think that like the vast majority of people would be like one Michael, two LeBron, and that's the list. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I think that you could, and then usually like, Magic three probably on most. Yeah, lists, yeah. Right? The yeah. Magic would Magic would get in there for some conversation about third or Kareem or whatever. Uh, but like, I could pretty, I could see Giannis settling into that third spot. Probably got to win another title, but I don't think that's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. They probably, I think that if Middleton didn't get hurt, they would have won this year. Yeah, yeah. That's that's absolutely fair to say. Um, the uh, I mean, uh, I and I also said this to you because I was thinking about it. And is Giannis the only guy in the history of the National Basketball Association that has won a title without the help or aid, if you will, of another Hall of Fame basketball player on his roster? Um, is anyone from the 04 Pistons in the Hall of Fame at this point in our lives? I don't think so. That's they're the ones that buck all the trend, but that, right? That, but like that team kind of like is the ultimate outlier of title teams. And just yeah. like if if the Lakers had just decided they didn't hate each other for ten days in that May, they probably would never have won a title. But the Lakers did hate each other. Um, yeah, that's a good series though. Um, uh, but yeah, Ben Wa- Ben Wallace is in. Oh, Ben Wallace is in. Right, right. But I don't think anybody yeah, else. Ben- is. I don't think so. It's Ben Wallace. Uh, I mean, that was one of those ones where you're like, oh man, that guy was a total zero, like incredible defender, of course. But like, yeah, we let a total zero on offense into the NBA Hall of, in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Like, again, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying that that's one that where you're like, huh, are we doing this? Yeah. Um, so Ben Wall, Ben Wallace is in. They got 21 Hall of Famers. So yeah. So I. So right now the list is Ben Wallace and, uh. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Gian. yeah, those are and those Wallace, are those are the all like like the other starters besides him were all like you know not quite all NBA level guys but like they're all all star level guys whether it's Rashid or Hamilton, Hamilton. or John Prince of Time or Chauncey Billups these are all like you know guys that were all stars either during that time shortly after or shortly before like it was just you know it was less of a it was more of a we don't have a weak link type of roster as a than a, than a we have a bunch of dudes roster. Uh, yeah. I don't think that roster could win in today's NBA. That being said, they went up against a team with four Hall of Famers. Two of them were well past their prime, but they went up against a, four, a team with four Hall of Famers in the NBA Finals and won. Uh, yeah. They subsequently got the clocks clean the following year by the San Antonio. Well, not clocks clean, but they, they lost the following year to the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that was, that was Rashid not guarding <laughs> an Ori on the inbounds play. <laughs> right? Yeah. Go, That's one of go, the series. Yeah. If we go backwards there, uh, the Lakers have LeBron and um, and Davis, and those guys are both in the Hall of Fame. Raptors have yeah. Kawhi, Lowry, and uh, n- not necessarily just for his NBA stuff, but like I think Marcus Saul is a Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, but like even so, you've got Lowry. Lowry's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and so will Kawhi, yeah. no doubt. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So you go back, and obviously, then it's like those Warriors teams, they have four Hall of Famers. Yep. LeBron and Kyrie are both going to get in the Hall of Fame. You would think that yep. maybe Kyrie's going to get himself talked out of there. Uh, Fair. But, like, he's yeah. he's a Hall of Fame adjacent guy for sure. And yes, probably absolutely. when we're all said and done, we'll be in, right? Because enough, yeah. like, yeah. He, he's got enough, you know, like, yeah. that, like, to get the inner circle of basketball guys love Kyrie, right? They just love his yes, game and stuff true. like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not of him as a person, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Then before that, uh, Kawhi and Tim Duncan and Manu and Parker, most of those guys were already in. Uh, yeah. LeBron, Bosch, again, mm-hmm. uh, all guys who were already in, and of course LeBron. Uh, oh, Ma- the Mavericks had Kid, even though Kid was not at Hall of Fame level when they when they won that title, but still counts. Still, still I think, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as you work your way back through time. And then you get into like, you know, those Spurs teams, obviously they have multiple Hall of Famers. The Lakers obviously have multiple Hall of Famers. The Bulls clearly, uh, the Rockets clearly as you, oh wait, who's the other Hall of Famer on the, the, the year before Drexler got there? Who's the other Hall of Famer on the Rockets? The first year they won with the team. Uh, Maybe that's the look. Maybe, uh, Hall of Famers. Uh, let's see. Uh, Drexler. Is Drexler was Drexler didn't get there. Drexler didn't get there till the following season. He's on. He's, he, he's on the ninth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was Ralph Sampson on either of those teams? Mm. Uh, no, Ralph Sampson was not there. Uh, yeah. No. The the, the no. team the Heat ninety three ninety four Rockets team that won the title. Yeah. Hakeem's the only Hall of Famer. So there's the other one. Yeah. yeah. So there's but, the other one. Yeah. Oh no, Elvin Hayes! Old... No, Elvin Hayes was on that team, correct? El- Elvin, oh, but... no, no, sorry, Elvin, Elvin Hayes. Is that... Sorry, eighty-four. I read eighty-four is ninety-four. My bad. Oh, sorry, yeah, ninety-four. Yeah, yeah. No, no, 94. that's my bad. 94. Yeah, I'm staring at it right now. Yeah, it was ninety-four, and I, re- I read nineteen eighty-four as as ninety-four. So yeah, so there's another one. That's Hakeem the other, one. That's that, that. I guess is the other one. But yeah, like Hakeem's probably a top ten all-time guy too. You would think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so, be like that kind of level of inner circle to have a title like that. To uh, on your uh, on your mantle, which which obviously and also Giannis for that one, it was a pretty significant dude that was not playing. Yes, yes. Now I will say <laughs> right? this: so. we no, and, and we don't need to get into a deep Michael conversation here because I got to wrap yeah. up. But would um, like I, I have a hard time. Burnout's real. Being... Burnout's real. I'm guessing is where you're going to yes. go with this. Bur- I have Burnout a very is a hard time. Thing. They would have won the two titles from the years that Michael decided not to play. I've got a very hard time with that. Yeah. Well, the year and a half was. Yeah, burnout was absolutely real with with even with the greatest of all time. Uh, But yeah, so basically we're like basically we're we're going through it right now, and the way we're seeing it, it with the exception of two, three times in the history of the National Basketball Association, you need at least two plus Hall of Famers in order to win a NBA title, right? Yes, and the 2021 hockey bucks appear to have just have the one. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 wild. It's it's absolutely wild. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to think because again, I haven't watched. It just I I'm hearing a lot of, but like, I'm I'm seeing a lot of Warriors sweep and Warriors in five. Oh. It's not gonna be that easy, is it? Right. Uh, I could be talked into Warriors in five. Man, yeah, okay. All right. So maybe but I shouldn't my, get too excited about this. My prediction uh, would be would be uh, 
The Warriors have home court. Um, yeah, they do. Because of how bad the West is, right? Like, and also the, the Celtics didn't really uh, figure out their groove until we were like 40 games Plus, until we were yeah. halfway through the season, right? Yeah. Yeah, Which I, is kind of fine with a first-year head coach, right? No, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, gun to my head, I'm going to say Warriors in six. They get game six in Boston, but I would okay. not be shocked by Warriors in five. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope I'm gonna hope again not being as as first with these two teams as I normally would be or as I would have been in years past. But uh, I'll I'll just go ahead and, and and hope. I will say the biggest gambling thing I can I can point out on this, and then we'll get out of here, Craig, is Raheem Palmer, uh, who's a big time NBA guy, uh, NBA gambler, makes his living gambling. Um, he presented a cadre of stats that suggest that the team coming off the game seven of the finals uh, or the, of the conference finals going into the finals tends to lose game one. So his big recommendation has been uh, you bet the Warriors in game one and then bet the Celtics in game two. So, so there's that. And this is obviously from a man who has the models and the algorithms that we are not privy to. And he's generous enough to share this information with us. So, uh, so I say do it is is uh is what I would say. Uh before we get out of here, you're watching Stranger Things or Obi-Wan at all? I'm definitely on through the season of the half season of Stranger Things. This oh, might nice. be the I'm... best. It's been this pretty good. Be I'll, I I will say I'm only 3 or 4 into it, but uh spoiler this, I alert. Think is the I... best... Sorry, go ahead. I saw it. No, that's great. I was just going to say, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, come down 3, 2, 1. Uh, I have not reacted to a moment of television like quite like I have when Elle bashed that girl in the face with that fucking skate, roller skate. <laughs> that was something. When that happened, I was like, holy shit! I can't believe that happened, right? Let me tell you, you've got, you've got more twists and turns to come here. I would uh, imagine. This is the best, I think this is the best season of Stranger Things so far. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Really glad to hear that. I, I'm going to keep, you know, keep watching, feel, yeah. I feel, and, and like, I love Stranger Things. Uh, and I, like, I, I, like, I would order the operations uh, before the season coming in. I would, like, you know, one, two, three as far as the quality of the seasons and rank. But I would mm-hmm. be willing to put four above one. It's been that good. Wow, that's great. I got to get me one of them Hellfire Club baseball shirts that they were <laughs> walking around with. Uh, I assume those will be available if they're not already. Uh, yeah, so that will be it for this one. Crossover Podcast available with the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. Uh, we're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher that you might be using to download any of your stuff. Please subscribe and leave us a review on any of those. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Podcast. that'll be it for this week uh we'll be back uh perhaps next week with some stuff obviously maybe i want to come on and talk about Str- stranger things in detail with uh craig and maybe some other people there's also the obi-wan show going on uh yeah like uh, so we will have some topics and obviously if the avalanche make the stanley cup finals i will likely have craig uh to come on and who knows maybe my boston celtics uh pull off a big upset against the golden state warriors and i get to come on and and just be like woohoo about that sort of a thing but i won't hold my breath based on the buzz that's going around but uh who knows uh that is it take care everybody uh and uh good luck going forward with your endeavors uh take care and we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast